Hi there, folks, and welcome welcome back to NTI's Japan Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Ziv Nakajimam, again, and this podcast is brought to you, among others, by Native Shark, which is an online platform for learning Japanese. And what Native Shark do is they make learning Japanese really, really simple. You log in, you click a button that says study now, and the platform then shows you exactly what you need to learn next based on your previous progress. Now, again, this is simple, but the way it's designed means that students who use Native Shark once a day for four to five months can complete the equivalent of over two years of university study. And this is not just、um, them patting themselves on the back. Now that Native Shark's been in business for over a year, the results are in. So, this is exactly what people are saying.、Uh, just looking at the couple of posts in their community forums. And the student community, by the way, is one of the best things about the platform. So, one person's writing, most productive year I've had learning Japanese. And then another one says, I've started learning over a year ago with all of these other platforms, and what I learned there is only a fraction of what I've learned on Native Shark in just three months. And then yet another one goes, In my mind, my study timeline only started with Native Shark because that's when I really started learning consistently, and on and on. So, yet the proof's in the pudding. It's definitely the best online course out there. And since you've heard about it here on the podcast, you also get an extra little bonus. If you sign up for the free trial、uh, using the URL nativeshark.com forward slash NTI, and we'll link to it in this episode's show notes. So that's native without an E. So N A T I V shark, all one word, dot com forward slash NTI. You use that link to sign up and you'll get a double length free trial. So two weeks free instead of just the one. No need to put in your credit card or anything of that sort. You can just sign up, give it a shot. And chances are, at the end of these two weeks, you'll already be far ahead of wherever you are with your Japanese at the moment, whether you're just starting out or you're already in knee deep. Give it a shot. NativeShark.com forward slash NTI. Okay, so for today's episode, we're back on the topic of US Army, Navy, and as my guest on today's call rightly points out, Marine Corps personnel rentals. And I now recognize that I haven't made the distinction、uh, clear in the past. So I apologize to all service members who may have been offended by it. I didn't realize there was all of this internal rivalry going on there. So I'll be a bit more、uh, careful and accurate in my statements in the future. So we've had quite a few chats with people who are interested in entering this market、uh, here on the podcast last year when the topic first started popping up. And this recording of a business call is with yet another would be investor who's considering purchasing properties near US bases and leasing them out to personnel.、Uh, Japanese landlords are capitalizing on these far higher than average rent allowances that people get for these properties. And there's absolutely no reason in the world why other base personnel shouldn't be able to reap those same benefits as well. But it does take some planning, research, and preparation. Also, loans are not as readily available to、um, non residents, or at least non residents for the purposes of loans、uh, as Japanese residents or nationals. And one of the things that I mentioned in this conversation is that tenancy leases can be drawn with or without a property management company involved. This actually turned out to be wrong. So, this investor that I'm speaking with in this episode has actually gone and retrieved the housing offices criteria from one of the bases. And it does, in fact, need to be a registered property management company handling those tenancy leases. 
And that poses a bit of a further challenge since most, if not all of these companies have probably never worked with foreign landlords in the past. So their tenants are English speaking foreigners, but the property owners that they deal with have all been Japanese to date, at least as far as I'm aware. So I would love to hear from any non-Japanese who's active in this space, if there are any of you out there, um, and to learn from your experiences. But the rest of the assumptions in these conversations are probably accurate enough. So it should be an interesting discussion for most of you out there who are considering a similar business plan. So enjoy the conversation and I'll see you again on the other side. Thank you. All right, go for it. Okay, uh, thank you for your time this evening. Um, just wanted to uh, spend at least a little bit of time with you to um, uh, basically uh, go over uh, multiple things. So uh, my, my goals for the meeting with you tonight is to uh, confirm that I'm oriented in the right direction information-wise. Um, I'm surprised of uh, all the information that was actually out there for me to do some research beforehand. Um, the other surprising thing is that uh, most of the information uh, traced back to your website. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. <laughs> put together, including the other YouTube videos, um, everything like that. So I've uh, uh, had the uh, good fortune of doing some research beforehand. So yep. I just want to make sure, you know, I have all the information um, uh, to, to the best take the steps that I can forward. Um, and I also want to confirm that my goals are realistic. Yep. Um, yeah. I'll go over those in, you know, a few, but that's the other um, goal I have for this, this phone call. And the last is just, you know, to receive and collect any information, any additional information that you're willing to offer um, and uh, help, uh, make uh, best decisions in the future. So um, a little bit about me. I'm a Marine officer stationed in Okinawa. Um, I've plenty of experience in Okinawa and Japan in general. I've been uh, living here a total of about five years, but I uh, originally moved here in 2014, left in 2016-ish, um, went to Texas for a little while, and came back here in 2019, actually. So uh, familiar with the environment uh, in Okinawa and in uh, Japan at large, I'd like to uh, maybe, I guess, establish myself a little bit more uh, beyond my military service. And uh, I think uh, the, the easiest thing, I, I say that lightly, uh, the easiest thing. Um, I, I, know what you, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Real estate uh, and anything else surrounding that. So, yeah, um, yeah I just uh, have, you know, a list of questions that aren't in really any particular order, but uh, um, I'll just mention my, you know, investment goals, if you will, and then also some concerns that I have. So yep. uh, goal, goals are uh, long-term income generation, uh, not uh, really interested in buying and flipping. Uh, that's not necessarily easy to do in the U.S., let alone in Japan from, uh, you know, what you've uh, mentioned in, you know, research that I've uh uh, come upon. Um, I'm it's doable here. It's just not as profitable as it would be in a more um, in a less regulated environment. Just here, it really takes really specialized know-how and experience and the right connections. And you want to set up a company to avoid the extra capital gains tax, which is always an issue with flips. Because mm. um, you get you get taxed double if you sell it within five years a as an individual. If you set up a company, it's okay. Ah, uh, okay. 
but if you sell it within five years um, and it's owned under an individual name, um, then the capital gains tax is doubled. And the whole point of flipping is capital gains. So. Right, exactly, exactly, okay. It's good to know. Um, as far as you know, investment ideas in, in regards to real estate, uh, I had it in the back of my mind um, uh, just residential or commercial properties, but I'm also open to you know anything in the realm of maybe hotels or so on and so forth. I mean, uh, hotels are a little bit uh, far-reaching, maybe for uh, what my you know immediate goals are, but something I'm open in, uh, open to in the future, uh, depending on what that entails. But uh, really looking into uh, investing in you know shared house. Uh, vacation homes, rental space kind of deal, um, and uh, creating some uh, some some passive income that way. Well, the thing oh, is okay. with um, okay. the thing is with the, anything that's more short term oriented. So the share houses, the guest houses, the uh, what they call here minpaku, like short term stays, um, Airbnb, and so forth. Um, there are a lot more hands on. So I'm just not sure because you you're working right like you're you're on the base on a daily basis kind of thing. Correct. Yep. So unless you're planning to set up shop and hire staff who's going to manage it for you, I mean you could manage it with a management company depending on the location. They might be available in your location. Um, that's a lot easier in Tokyo. Uh, to a lesser degree in Osaka. Um, and it gets a bit more challenging in other cities. So depending on your budget and how much... And, and also at the moment with COVID short-term stays, I mean, you, you'd get a good deal. There are properties that might be selling at a bargain. Um, but you'll have, to, you'll have to be patient before they start generating income again. Mm. Understood. Understood. Um, I guess you know to uh, uh, continue with that uh, personal discussion. I guess it'd be important to mention how much uh, God be, or I guess how much liquid assets I have, um, or you know, liquid income. I'd probably be able to come up with about twenty thousand uh, for for anything that um, I would be looking at. So I'm well, assuming that gets me you know, pretty far with maybe properties for, I don't know, 100, 200,000. Uh, if anything even gets that high here in Okinawa, I'm not quite sure. But, are you uh, eligible I, Are you uh, eligible for a loan? Um, I was going to uh, look at uh, financing options, uh, you know, at this call or, you know, if you had any um, other advice in regards to that. But I know that you've mentioned UOB in previous videos. Um and uh, some research as well. The I think it was the Malaysian bank that uh, offers loans. But yeah, UOB I think stopped doing Japan loans. Last I spoke to them. Okay. Um, the options are well. The thing is, with your visa situation, you're on the sofa thing, right? So yeah. with your visa, the. Japanese lenders, the, oh, let's put it this way, the typical Japanese lenders who lend to residents will not take you. Okay. Uh, you're not considered a resident for, for, for their criteria. Um, there are some lenders, one or two lenders that will, if you set up a company, they will let you borrow 
but they're not going to let you do short-term stays. They're going to enforce long-term residences only in your properties. And they enforce that by appointing their own designated property managers to make sure you're not doing anything beyond what they allow you to. Okay. And um, the thing is with setting up a company that you're looking at at least two, 3000 bucks a year in accounting and upkeep and corporate tax costs. So you've got to make sure that it's worth it. And with 100 k in total asset value, I don't think, I mean, if you're generating, let's say, conservatively, something like 5, 6, 7%, um, 2, 3,000 bucks a year is going to be a lot compared to the income you're getting. Understood, understood. Um, UOB were doing it, but they stopped. Um, I'm not aware, aside from people who have Hong Kong or Taiwan or China residency, uh, and then you can go with either Oryx or Bank of China or Star Bank. Um, aside from those, I'm not aware of any investment loans available, unfortunately. Mm, okay. So looking at uh, probably cash more than likely. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. Um, so for cash, um, 20, would you be able to maybe make it like 30-ish? Uh, I think if I uh, pull um, different investments together, I could probably come up with up to about 50,000. 50,000 would be a lot more doable in nicer cities. With, with 2030, the best we can do is um, satellite cities, prefectural capitals, so places like Kumamoto, maybe the outskirts of Nagoya, if we're lucky. Um, okay. with, I mean, they're not bad, but there's going to be... It's. I mean, you might be looking at slightly longer vacancies when they do become vacant, just because of the population trends. And if it's Nagoya... You'll be looking at maybe a bit more blue collar on the tenant side, so occasionally you'd have some payment delays. Or pa I mean, it's, it's Japan. You're not going to get like forced evictions, or you know, you don't have to run to court to to. They, they don't do anything really bad, but they would have a bit more payment issues statistically compared to other cities. Okay. Um, but Kumamoto is not bad. In Kumamoto, you can generate up to 7-8% uh, net before tax, even with 2030. Um, it's yeah. just that capital growth potential is not really there. And it's not really there in Japan as a whole, but in other cities, at least we know that if Japan grows, so to Tokyo, Osaka, Fukuoka will grow with the general economy. In the smaller satellite prefectural capitals, we can't really say that. Um, but if you can go up to 50,000, then Fukuoka becomes an option, Kobe becomes an option, maybe the outskirts of Tokyo, Osaka, Yokohama, Kawasaki, a lot more places become more of an option. Um, okay. And those places give you better, more, more avenues and more potential, right? Understand. Okay. Mm. Okay. Um, I had the you know, intention of just investing in real estate in general for, you know, rental income, so on and so forth. But uh, my primary desire is to uh, do, uh, I think the term you coined is a gaijin, a gaijin exchange. So yep. uh, using uh, uh, the location that I'm in, Okinawa, where there are many bases and camps and so on and so forth uh, to, to, to buy property that, um, uh, 
service members would. But then you have to then you have to comply with the uh, housing office regulations, right? And they necessitate a slightly bigger house with parking space from memory mm-hmm. and within a certain distance from the base. I can't remember the exact criteria. So I'm not sure. Have you looked at the market there? I don't think you can buy that for $50,000. Um, I need to look into the market a little bit more. I'm you know, slowly dipping my toes in uh, the, the real estate market and trying to do as much research as I can. And uh, I, I have to say I'm not too familiar with the Okinawa real estate market here, um, knowing that there's not necessarily an MLS type system that I'm used to in the, the U.S. No, but you're in a, uh, you're in a good position. Probably. Because you're, you're Army um, staff, you're in a good position to start contacting housing offices. And I wouldn't stick necessarily to Okinawa because... Um, I mean, you'll be using a property manager and you'll be managing it via a third party in any case. So if Okinawa turns out to be too expensive, look at Yokosuka, look at um, what's up there just before Hokkaido. Um, I forgot the name. Uh, Aomori? Aomori, maybe? Aomori? Uh, yeah, I think that's another one. Uh, I was thinking from Misawa. Misawa, yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, Sa- yeah, Sasebo, course, Sasebo yeah. maybe? Um, so maybe, I mean, we can help you on the uh, property side to compare the prices, but the first step would be to contact the housing offices in each and every one of those bases, see what the criteria is, and then we know what we're searching for property-wise. Okay. Um, it'll be a lot easier for you as an insider to get the criteria from them. When we contact them, they start asking, well, hang on, who are you? Why are you asking me these questions? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be the first uh, much- step. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it. I was just going to ask uh, how much um, experience uh, do you have in Okinawa, you know, in general as far as... None whatsoever. Uh, okay. Yeah. I was just curious about um, that. We normally, I mean, we have had a lot of conversations with people in your position uh, in the last couple of years. A lot of people have become more interested in uh, army rentals, but none of them, or at least none of them that have become our clients have pulled the trigger on anything. So all we've done is um, these kind of conversations that I'm having with you now. When we did look at properties in Okinawa, they seem to be on the cheaper side compared to other parts of the country. But the realtors in Okinawa, for some reason, don't put that much data on their uh, web listings. Like they just give you a picture of a building and the price. They don't tell you how many units are in there, what year it was built, what's the rental income, if it's tenanted or not. Um, So for us to start contacting them and making more um, in-depth inquiries, we need to actually be engaged by somebody who's looking. And none of our customers to date has expressed much interest in Okinawa. So we're, we're happy to dig into it whenever somebody um, wants to pull the trigger there, but it hasn't happened yet. And I really? think just going off the value of the properties, I think there's not much growth there. Um, I mean, houses for owners, occupiers, houses seem to be um, at a premium. They're pretty expensive. But the types of investment properties that our clients typically look at, which are uh, mansion units, uh, little condos, uh, maybe small buildings altogether, um, they don't seem to be very popular with investors. And I'm guessing that's because Okinawa doesn't have a huge range of industries and uh, and a, you know a super tenant base to go with. It's it's a pretty chilled out area with um, maybe a lot more people buying than renting i'm guessing um but we haven't seen we haven't seen it as a really big investment market putting the base rentals aside so on the typical japanese tenant front we haven't seen too much activity there 
Um, but that's not to say that uh, army rentals aren't a thing. They definitely could be. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a pretty accurate description. It's very much a, a beach, uh, island uh, lifestyle mm. uh, that uh, you know everybody likes to live within here. And uh, yeah, I guess you know with business and industry, it is a little bit slower from what I've noticed in other prefectures in Japan. So that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think most families prefer to uh, you know buy and hold and live in the same property for. Generations, even. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know many uh, uh, friends in Okinawa that you know still live with family, and, and that's you know completely normal here. And you know they pass it down to you know generations to generations. That's just the way things. Go. It's not a Long super. Time. It's not a super active market. When we do the um, research that we do for investment properties, it's very rare that we see anything come up in Okinawa. Mm. Um, I'm guessing if we would have been looking for holiday homes or um, properties to for owners occupiers, we'd probably see more. But on the investment front, we don't see anything listed out there. Okay. So I'm guessing it's not a very active market. But having said that, it's um, I guess when you're purchasing when you're purchasing specifically for army rentals, you're going to be purchasing in less than super central locations, right? So it's not going to be Tokyo. It's going to be Okoska. It's not going to be um, um, like in the heart of uh, Osaka or Fukuoka or Nagoya or one of the big cities. So aside from the army rentals, you're not looking at any capital growth, even if the economy does well, because it's sort of out-of-the-way locations. Um, okay. So I would, I would probably advise to choose a place that if and when, for any reason, the base moves away or downsizes or anything of that sort, which can happen... At least you're going to have a reasonable tenant base uh, of the general Japanese population. So you're obviously not going to be making a rent income that's as high as a U.S. Army-based staff will pay. But at least there'll be something coming in to pay the bills. And I'm not sure how much of an option that is in Okinawa. I'd be more comfortable doing that in the other places, in Yokosuka and Sasebo, in places where there's other industries aside from the base. Okay. Um, but... Again, if you get a bargain in Okinawa and you definitely, I mean, it's one of the uh, biggest uh, base centers that we have in Japan. So as long as we're mm -hmm. comfortable with the idea that the base is probably going to be stick, sticking around there for a while, if you could cover your investment in five or six years, then the rest is just bonus after that, right? Right, yep. Mm. And you know, the whole base discussion and movement has been a point of contention uh, for, for a while now in Okinawa. Um, that's what uh, that's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm thinking about. If it ever like you know change of government, they suddenly go a bit more liberal and they decide to use this as like a showcase kind of a look. We're not following the Americans, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always a, a subject of debate. I, I would at least say for the next five or ten years, uh, maybe safe with you know buying uh, something in close proximity to a yeah. One of the military bases in the, uh, I guess, more populated areas, uh, the southern part of the island. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, city of Shatan and maybe going a little bit further south to Naha. And look, with the, with the, with the um, allowance that you guys get for rentals, you should be able to cover it within five or six years. So that shouldn't be a risk factor, I think. Um, so it's definitely not a bad idea. And obviously other people are doing it. They're just Japanese landlords as opposed to uh, Gaijin landlords, right? Right, right, exactly. Mm. Trying to tap into that market if I can. Mm. Uh, okay, good information. Um, another question I had is, 
I read some information about a uh, Japanese government loan program. Uh, based on the information you gave me earlier, it sounds like I might not even be eligible uh, for that financing option. But I was curious what that was and uh, if, you know, maybe there's potential for securing that type of loan, if I maybe had a Japanese sponsor or anything like that. Special loan okay. for, for what purpose? Uh, it, it, I think it was just a, a general loan that I could use for real estate, almost like a, a unsecured uh, or secured personal loan. But uh, I didn't, I wasn't able to find much information on that. So I was hoping that maybe you had knowledge or information about that. Uh, only, um, only on the COVID front. I know that they put out some personal loans for people whose uh, income uh, or businesses whose income was um, hurt by COVID. But okay. aside from that, I'm not aware of it. That's not to say it doesn't exist, just I haven't heard of it. Okay. Um, there are some, I don't know if loans, but subsidies for people who want to move out to the countryside and buy abandoned properties and rejuvenate the, um, the dying townships kind of thing. But that mm -hmm. you definitely don't qualify for that. Okay. Uh, you'd need to be a, what they consider a resident. Um, okay. But there could be loans out there that I'm not aware of. I just just have no idea. Okay, mm. I'll uh, do a little bit more research on that. Um, there was a business manager visa that I read up on as well. Yep. Um, is is would that benefit me at all in reaching my goals of um, being involved in real estate, or is you know that maybe something on the entrepreneurship front that uh, maybe is not related to this? Um, not in the immediate term, but it would put you on the track towards permanent residency at some point. So if you live and work and generate an income in Japan, then within five to ten years, depending on your level of income and what sort of business you're getting into, then you could be eligible for PR. And at that point, it would be a lot easier to get loans. Um, but how does can you start a company while you're employed by the army? Um, so, uh, Marines, by the way. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you said Army a few times, I have to I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay, it's okay. We just have huge rivalries between different services. So. Yeah. Um, so, uh, typically you can, you know, generate um, secondary income if you'd like to. That's just something you have to report to uh, your chain of command, and it can't prevent you from uh, executing your uh, assigned duties while in service, so... Um, I can, you know, generally have uh, something on the side as a, uh, a, you know, steady stream of secondary income. But as an employee, uh, or can you actually set up a business and apply for a, a business license? That's that's okay with them. Um, I'm going to say that it's uh, acceptable, but uh, I can't point to any reference or order that says that uh, you know, whether or not I'm allowed to. So I would I would say that I am. Okay. Uh, in fact, I think there have been plenty of people that have managed. Um, where I've been a part of uh, family businesses while being in the military. But um, as far as being an employee, that might be a little bit uh, tougher to justify versus just, you know, having something that I would consider a uh, you know secondary stream of income. Okay. Um, so, well, for the business visa, for the business visa, I'm no immigration lawyer, but from what I've had in chats with clients and immigration lawyers, um, for the business visa, you have to first apply for it for the first year, which uh, you need to present them with a business plan. And then once that's granted, you need to show taxable income. Um, are you on your own or do you have any dependents? Uh, just me. Okay, so I think 
2.5 or 2.6 million yen in taxable income annually to keep renewing it. So in taxable income, that can't be like your gross revenue. It has to be after expenses. Okay. And as long as you do that, you can keep renewing it on a yearly basis. And then worst case scenario, within 10 years, you're eligible for a PR. Um, if you generate higher income or if you've got any you know, particularly desired businesses that they've designated as uh, expedited, then you could... Apply earlier for that with a special skills visa, I think it's called. Um, depending okay. on what sort of business you're going to be getting into. I can refer you to an immigration lawyer. They only charge about uh, 50 bucks for like an hour's consultation. Mm. And they'll be able okay. to uh, just lay out the options for you. Yeah, that'll be great. Uh, something to look, uh, uh, look for um, in the future, perhaps. Uh, maybe a business venture of some sort. So that would, that would be helpful. Yeah. Thank you. Um, you, you mentioned taxes a few times. Uh, if I was to, uh, you know, buy a property and, you know, rent it to, you know, uh, service members, what kind of tax, uh, implications am I, I looking at, um, you know, commissions as well, um, and, you know, any other related fees, um, well, if you want to manage it all on your own, you don't actually have to use a property manager as such, so there wouldn't be any commissions, and you'd be dealing uh, primarily with English-speaking tenants, um, so you could conceivably just draw, a, like, you know, you can get a template of a tenancy lease off the internet and just go with that direct with the tenant, so yeah. I, I don't imagine there'd be too many commissions. Tax-wise, um, you'll be you'll be um, claiming all of your purchase costs and management and running costs, and you can carry those forward for three years. So as an individual, if you open a company, it's five years. So assuming you're doing it as an individual, you'll be carrying your purchase costs uh, forward for three years. So the th first three years would most likely be, uh, actually, no, I want to say tax-free, but you're going to be getting a pretty high rental income because you're dealing with... Um, with base personnel, they pay a lot more than the um, typical tenants. So depending on how much you're going to make, if the net taxable income is under 385,000 yen annually, so about 3,500 bucks, um, 3.6, in that case, you're tax-free. So depending on how high your purchase costs were and how high the income would be, you're probably going to be tax-free for at least a year or two, maybe three. Okay. And then after that, you need to pay your income tax um, on your Japanese income, which is going to be just the property unless you're doing anything else in Japan. Um, and that's 5% for every yen after that first 385 all the way up to 1.95 or 1.9 million yen, at which point it goes to 10% for every yen thereafter. So once you hit the 16, 17,000 bucks a year net taxable income, it goes up to 10%, um, but only for the portion of it that's after that threshold. And that's Japanese income tax. If you're going to be setting up a company, then the income tax is capped 
at, I think, 20% plus some regional rejuvenation taxes or what. Um, but that's, yeah. that's not really worth it tax-wise until you're reaching, um, I'd say, a million's worth in assets or what. Okay. Sorry, I'm writing everything down. Go for it. Okay. Um, no, that's great information. One of the things I was worried about, you know, uh, taxes and fees and so on and so forth, and what I'll be faced with uh, after I uh, invest in something. So, well, the, the uh, advantage the advantage of them not considering you a resident is that they don't care about your um, U.S. income and the income that you're getting from the uh, from the Marines. Sorry, the income that you're getting from the Marines is uh, considered uh, offshore income, and you're not considered a resident, so they don't care about that. Okay. Oh, great, great. Um, as far as uh, construction laws, is that universally applied within all of Japan, or does it vary from prefecture to prefecture? Depends on um, who depends on who the lender is, uh, what sort of relationship you've got with them, and how loose how loose their criteria is. Um, but that's again, that's not an option before you're a resident. Oh, okay. Um, I thought maybe that uh, the construction laws would allude to uh, maybe you know uh, boundary boundary lines for property. Uh, so, property sorry, goals. sorry, I thought you were sorry. I thought you said construction loans. You're talking about construction. Oh, sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, laws. <laughs> okay, construction laws. Yeah. Okay, so okay, run that by me again. What's the question? I'm just asking if they vary from uh, prefecture to prefecture. Um, they vary from from zone to zone within the uh, municipality. So each municipality would have a hundred percent residential, hundred percent commercial, mixed purpose, um, and there's various levels of mixed purpose. And then the um, when you look at a particular property, then part of the property documentation will tell you what the uh, building ratio is. So. Um, it's usually something like uh, you need to leave 10 or 20 percent of the land between yourself and the next public road and you can build up to 200 percent uh, for example of the total land footprint or 150 percent depending on the zone so they vary a little bit but in most cases you'd owe unless the land plot is really small in most cases you'd be able to at least build a a two or three floor structure. Okay. okay. And if it's a, a more commercial area, it could go higher than that. Do you hear any experiences about uh, somebody looking at properties and finding out that uh, they're dealing with a, a potential illegal construction or illegal configuration for the building? So yeah, it's not. It's not illegal. It's just that when it was built, the zoning was different. So okay. they're not going to tear it down when they change the zoning regulations. But when you rebuild, you have to comply with the new zoning regulations. And sometimes okay. it does happen that the new zoning regulations doesn't actually allow any structure there, only like a parking lot or what. Okay. Um, but okay. that's, I mean, that's only if you're looking at a land plot that's like 50 square meters or smaller. Um, and even then, I mean, there are ways around it. Like, for example, if the structure has an existing concrete base and you rebuild using the same base, then it's not considered uh, construction, it's considered a renovation. Um, so there are ways around it, uh, depending on local municipality and what the zoning and how big the land plot actually is. 
Um, okay. But I mean, if you're looking at homes like houses, in most cases, they'd be on a, on a land plot that will at least enable you to build a slightly smaller house. Um, you're not going to be out on a lurch unless, I mean, look, some townhouses, for example, in Kyoto, there's little townhouses that are built very, very close to each other. They were built like a hundred years ago, and then if you tear it down, you can't build anything else there. But in places, in places like Okinawa, I'm not sure how much of an issue that would be in most places. Um, they tend to come with bigger land plots over there, but um, case by case. But in any case, it's um, they they have to divulge all of that information to you when you're considering purchase as part of the uh, due diligence that the realtor uh, has to convey to you. Okay. Okay. Understood. Uh, uh, going back to taxes one more time, um, are there any possible deductions um, that I could you know maybe claim once it is uh, time to pay taxes, you know, such as, I don't know, uh, insurance, uh, maintenance, so on and so forth, uh, that I can deduct from the taxes that I owe in Japan? Yeah, every every yeah, expense is uh, claimable, okay. deductible, yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But you, you want to hire an accountant for that. They, they just know how to maximize that sort of benefit. I think that answers pretty much all of the questions that I had. Um, you know, again, I want to prevent asking uh, the same questions that uh, were asked by, uh, you know, uh, others in previous video videos. That you Don't worry about videos. it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all great information. I'm, you know, gracious for the uh, uh, um, amount of information that was available for me again. And, uh, you know, a lot of that information was supposed to be uh, from you. So I, I appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate your time as well. That, that answers all of my questions, and I have uh, some really great information to uh, continue to do some research on and then make some decisions in the, the very near future. I'm, uh, I'm eager to get something started. My pleasure. Uh, so um, I can put you in touch with an immigration lawyer and an accountant if you want some consultation. Um, they, okay. they can give you a quote on how much they charge to, um, to file your taxes every year. But if you want more specific advice about your personal circumstance, they might charge something. But again, they're not expensive. And the next step, like we said, so yeah, it would be to maybe hit up some of the housing offices and some of the bases that you might be interested in, get their criteria, and that'll then enable us to just tell you what's available in the market that suits that. Okay. That'll be something I do uh, first thing tomorrow morning if I can make an appointment at least. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Ziv. Pleasure speaking with you. Thanks. Take care. You too. Bye. So there you have it. Gaijin to Gaijin, Army, Navy and Marine Corps rentals. Definitely a profitable market. We'd love to try and help any of you get into it if you're interested. We haven't had anyone pull the trigger on this sort of business plan yet, even though a lot of you have been speaking to us about it. So we're very much looking forward to getting some more experience in this field ourselves. Feel free to hit us up. We're always happy to talk shop, as you probably know well by now if you've been following the podcast. Drop us a line in the comments section or via email to info at nippontradings.com. That's N-I-P-P-O-N tradings with an S, all one word, info at nippontradings.com. And let's get the conversation going. 
Now, before we go, we're also, as always, going to tell you and also link to our other sponsor's website. That's Hiroshi Shimizu, immigration lawyer and administrative scrivener. If you're thinking about moving here on a more permanent basis or you are already in Japan on some sort of a more temporary visa and you want to switch to a longer term or permanent one, and also if you're considering setting up a local company or branch office of a foreign company and you've got any sort of business or visa-related inquiry, or even if you just want to find out what your options are on any of these topics, feel free to contact Hiroshi Shimizu. You can find him at japanimmigrationexperts.com, and he can help you set up a company, apply for any kind of visa, or just provide you with the best advice and extremely affordable consultation related to these topics. And he's already done that for many of our listeners and our clients. So feel free to reach out to him. Again, that's japanimmigrationexperts.com, all one word, and you'll be well on your way. And that's it from us for today, folks. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Japan Real Estate Podcast. Do share it with your networks and please let us know what you think. So leave us a short rating review on the iTunes store, on Spotify, wherever you're tuning in from. Or just drop us a line in the comments section or wherever you might have found this episode. We love hearing from you. Hope to have you with us again next time. And until then, have a great day or night ahead. Yoshiku. Yoshiku.